Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts, we'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. Last week, you got to hear from Australian Movers and Shakers for 2022. This week, we're going to hear from the panel made up of the U.S. Movers and Shakers for 2022. It was an honor to hear these amazing projects that they've been working on, and I hope you get as inspired as I was by them. Enjoy. Um, our 2022 Marketing Movers and Shakers, we have Andrea Hutton, who is the Senior Marketing Manager at the Association for the Advancement of Sustain- Sustainability. I knew it was going to do that. Um, in higher education. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Um, and then we have Annie Henderson, who is our Corporate Marketing Manager at ASBO International. And then um, hopefully joining us soon, we have Debbie Seagor, who is the Marketing Communications Manager at the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. Um, let's get a little bit of information about your organization. So I'm alphabetically going here. Um, Andrea, do you want to tell us a little bit about your organization? Yes. So it's a mouthful. We say ASHI for short. Um, so ASHI is a sustainability trade association. Our members are colleges, universities, and businesses around the world. So we are international. And we provide different resources, professional development events, our annual conference, publications, things like that to our members in order to give them some information that they can take back to their campus or their organization and use those tools to advance sustainability around the world. Sounds like a really good mission for me. to me. Definitely doing good work. And so also doing some good work over here in schools is Annie. Can you tell us a little bit about ASBO? Absolutely. Um, the Association of School Business Official, ASBO for short, uh, International, is uh, provides programs, resources, services, and a global network to school business professionals. Think of the people in a school district office who manage the money that is spent on districts, whether it's output or input. These are our, the financial decision makers of our schools, both in the US, Canada, and abroad. These individuals are passionate about quality and equity in education, and we provide them that support network uh, where they can get the best practices, rely on each other through publications, news briefings, conferences, leadership forums, um, as well as ongoing uh, certification and uh, professional development through our learning management uh, system. That's a lot. (laughs) Um, No wonder you have such a, so much information in your newsletter. Um, Let's get started talking about specifics. So Andrea, um, and you've been a guest on our member engagement show podcast. And I know you talked about the experimentation that you did when it came to member communication. So can you just share a little bit more about that? You know, what have you found that you didn't expect? Yeah, it was a a fascinating project, actually. Um, I'm sure, you know, as marketers tuning in right now, you have a sense of what the best practices are for, you know, best day to send an email, best time to put out a tweet, 
all that stuff. And I felt like I had a handle on it too until I really dug down into the data that communications professional, otherwise known as informs, provides. And what I learned is our members are not um, subscribing to industry best practices. So it was a fun project that sort of taught me to look at the data that you have for your own community and make your own benchmarks based off that. What that means for the ACHI organization, our community loves those long subject lines. If it's less than 65 characters, it's less likely to be opened. So get wordy with it. And they like to open their emails later in the day. They're not opening their emails on their way to work, um, but they're not really doing those early morning opens. So the later in the day that we can get an email sent out, the higher success rate we have with someone, you know, ultimately clicking a link in an email and taking an action that we hope they'll take. So it was mind blowing and it's definitely something that you know, me and the colleagues that I work with continuously look into and evaluate in case it changes. And all that happens is it reaffirms we need to be lengthy with our words and uh, late in the day with our email sending. But then when you think about it, you know, we work a lot in academia. So it makes sense that they want their information up front as much as we can put it out there before they have to open that email. Everybody looks for the benchmarking of the best practice and um, you have to listen to your members and you have to look at the data and see what that's saying. And you have to go with what they want because you're here for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That was yeah. definitely the takeaway for us, for sure. Yeah. Trying to go with industry best practices is a starting point. Mm -hmm. It may not be where you end up. But if you want to start over and try something new, then going with industry best practices is your starting point. But Absolutely. look at your data and adjust. I mean, that's something I think that gets overlooked so much. Yeah. It's and don't just set it and forget it. It's something you need to look at constantly, too, you know, in case anything changes. You can set it and forget it um, in terms of, OK, I put this automated campaign on. It's going to let me know I don't have to remember to send this email this time. But you do want to check back in. And you do want to look at it and you do want to say, oh, okay, this this is getting better results. This is getting worse results. Let me tweak it. And you definitely want to always beat benchmark against yourself. That's the other piece of it I think people don't get. How am I performing based on last month? How am I performing based on this time last year? Et cetera, et cetera. So I, mean, I think a lot of people don't get that. I, there were two projects that you worked on that I, I think everybody would love to hear a little bit more about. Um, the member preferences project and then the data cleanup project. Yeah, the two sort of went hand in hand, right? So um, Aishi, before we, you know, migrated over to start using HireLogic products, um, we sort of just emailed everything to everyone all the time. And it was kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what would stick. Um, what stuck was a high unsubscribe rate. So unsurprisingly, people didn't want to get a bunch of emails that just weren't relevant to them or things that they weren't really interested in. So we introduced a, a new subscription process. We were able to really dive down and figure out what buckets of information that people could end up subscribing to. Um, we did a really strong marketing automation campaign announcing this new subscription process. 
you know, we had everyone, since they were already receiving all of our emails, we had them opted into all our subscription lists, but we did a strong education campaign where people could go in and take control and sort of, you know, unsubscribe from the lists that weren't as relevant to them. Um, so that, you know, made a huge difference. Now suddenly we were able to really do segmented targeting and really get in there and email the information to people who actually wanted to receive it. Um, while it could be a shock being like, oh, this email previously went to 75,000 people and now it's going to 35,000. My philosophy is I don't want to email someone that doesn't want to hear from me. They're not going to give me any good data. They're not going to click or if they click, they're going to unsubscribe. It's not doing me any favors. So exactly. launching this project really helped make sure that we were only reaching out to the people that wanted to hear from us on the topics they wanted to hear about. Um, but what that you know sort of led to was a huge data cleanup. We were able to, this is pre-Apple privacy, everyone. We were able to do a marketing automation campaign to anyone who hadn't opened an email from us in the past 12 months and um, put them through this sort of drip campaign that was like, hey, do you still wanna hear from us? Click yes, click no. Hey, you know, you haven't clicked. This is going away. You're not gonna get emails from us anymore. And we ended up suppressing quite a few people. But again, those are people that didn't wanna hear from us anyways, because they weren't opening those emails. They weren't engaging with us. So, you know, no hard feelings on my end. Now we have a stronger, cleaner list with people that actually are engaging with us. And those are the people that are going to be more likely to also forward the communication or get someone else to sign up. You know, you'll see the, the engagement rate just increase. Um, and I mentioned the Apple privacy, as I'm sure everyone's aware. Open rates don't matter as much anymore. Um, it's a little bit falsified of a data point, but now, you know, we are getting ready to embark on another data cleanup project later this year, and we'll be focused more on clicks as opposed to opens. So who's actually clicking something in an email as opposed to who just opened it once. Now, I'm curious, did you get any pushback from like your leadership for sending that message to less members? I wouldn't say pushback. It was more just of um, almost like a feeling of loss of like, well, what are we doing with this group that's not engaging with us anymore? And like, what if they did open an email 12 months from now and we could convert them? And to which, you know, my thought process just continues being if they haven't opened an email in the past year, it's unlikely they're going to suddenly start opening an, opening an email in the next year. And if they do, it's just a matter of, you know, no problem. We'll unsuppress them and start sending emails to them. That's a easy little click of the button in the back end for us. So um, there was definitely a feeling of loss of just like our numbers have gone down. But we've now seen, you know, the first few even workshops we've held this year. They've all been sold out. We've had a turn off registration because we haven't been able to accommodate any you know, new people. So that's been really encouraging, whereas in years past, we hadn't had that issue. So we're reaching the right people and we're sending the right messages that are starting to really resonate, which is just exciting. A lot of people have talked about seeing increased results from better targeting. Not just in terms of, you know, obviously, if you target better and you send smaller lists, you're going to have a bigger open rate, you're going to have a bigger click rate. But in terms of actual money and conversions and um, memberships and attendance, workshops, things like that, um, I think that's across the board. I 
I'd love to do a study on it sometime because I think that there's just some, I think a lot of people need the data to make that decision okay with association leadership or, you know, with the people who are worried. I had um, someone tell me at AAA, well, I don't care if we send it to 10 people that aren't interested if, as long as we don't miss that one person in those 10 who might be. And I'm like, but do you care if those other nine unsubscribe so you can never hit them again? And he goes, if they're not interested in my conference, yeah, don't care. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, but the association does, so. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, because we, I mean, we had a variety of things, so. Targeting is so important. People expect it. Amazon has instilled that on us. Um, I mean, even now, most of us watching TV, um, if we're watching on like YouTube TV or um, Sling or anything like that, we get personalized ads. Hulu, um, Amazon Prime, or I'm WBT, IMDB TV. I'm just going to turn that into a word tell. Um, <laughs> they, they don't expect any less. That's what they want. That's what they expect. So, and we've been trained to expect that online you see all these ads personalized to you so yeah yeah you kind of have to do it at this point another question uh we got two questions actually one is uh, how do you re-add people to your email list if you've removed them you're not removing them though you're just suppressing them right correct yeah so um it informs and i'm not familiar with real magnet so beth you'll have to speak to this but we were able to just create a suppression group so when we send out the email you know we're suppressing this group of you know people over here that haven't opened emails in the past 12 months but we're still sending it out to anyone else who is subscribed to that list and if someone happens to um, want to start receiving our emails then we just take them out of the suppression group and they'll start getting them again um and so did do you send like one message a year or something like that to the people you'd suppressed? Do you go back out to them ever? So we did initially this project um, and then we relaunched it right before the Apple update happened. So the original intention was to do it annually, but we ended up doing it um, about six months after we had done it the first time just because we wanted to be able to catch people before we had to deal with the Apple privacy changes related to the open rates. Um, but, you know, moving forward, it will be an annual effort on our part just to make sure that, you know, we're reaching out to anyone who's been suppressed. And also we could have a new group of people who haven't engaged in the past X number of months. And we'll want to make sure that, you know, we're capturing them and trying to win them back. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. But again, if they're not opening your emails, do you really want to keep, you know, screaming into the void and seriously. no one's responding? Yeah, seriously. I have one more quick question for you and then I want to, I need to move to somebody else, but um, how has automation just in general kind of helped you save time? Save time, it's been huge. So I have a newborn, um, she's three weeks old today and I, <laughs> it's been exciting, um, but I've been on parental leave for three weeks now and it's been such a joy knowing that I'm not putting such a huge burden on a team that I really respect and care about. I was able to do a lot of work in advance. I had a lot of support from all my colleagues to make sure that all the marketing campaigns that are going out while I am intending to be on leave, that they're written and they're scheduled. So I know everything's, you know, basically good to go and heaven forbid something pop up, you know, like a facilitator gets sick and a workshop get pushed. Maybe I'm speaking from something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Who knows? 
Um, but I have a wonderful team that can go in and just unschedule the emails, tweak the dates, and get them back out. So it's something so overlooked, so small. The ability to schedule something is life-changing and so huge. And I use it constantly, parental leave aside. I'll have all my emails scheduled out several weeks, and that allows me the flexibility that if there is that emergency situation, I'm not sitting there like, well, crap, I've got to focus on marketing plan B over here now. And what about marketing plan A? And everything's going on. It's already scheduled and I can just focus on the emergency and, you know, deal with what's at hand and keep it moving. So it's been huge. And I honestly don't know if I would take as much leave as I enjoy taking with my little one or am planning to take if I didn't have everything scheduled because I don't want to put a greater burden on my colleagues. So what you're saying is that marketing automation is improving family lives across the world. Across the universe. <laughs> I mean, honestly, marketing automation is kind of like an extra team member that you don't really think about. I used to say that I would have to hire at least one and a half people if I didn't have automation. And then towards the end, I was like, no, no, it's so automated now that it would be two and a half. Sarah Spinoza, who worked with me at AAAE, um, we were a marketing team of two and she went on maternity leave and um, she had all of her emails scheduled. She was up three months. I only had to do emails the last two weeks before she came back. That's amazing. Um, so thank you for sharing the stories. It's just awesome to see what you're doing with project. And thank you for being here three weeks after having a baby. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's time for the win. This webinar was timed perfectly. Excellent. Uh, we'll have to remember that. Always time during nap time. Um, <laughs> I want to go over here and talk to Annie Harrison now. I know that you did a lot of work when getting the tech in order and really digging into the process of what needed to be done across a bunch of teams. It was a big cross-team collaboration when you got to ASBO. So can you talk a little bit about that and how the, about the segmentation work that's come since? Absolutely. So when I first came on board with ASBO, we had this nifty little tool called Informs. And I had worked with Informs probably uh, seven years prior when it was, wasn't was owned by HireLogic. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I dove into it. I'm like, no, this is totally different. This is not the same at all. I have to relearn everything. And so I took a long, good amount of time, probably, you know, a year to just get familiar with the product and what its capability was. And while still learning my, my job and what we needed to do and just observing what every department in my organization does and how I can support them in their marketing efforts that ultimately landed on me and my team. What I found was that we weren't even scratching the surface of what Informs was and what it was capable of doing. Um, also, I realized that there was a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen as well who all had access to it as well, and nobody was cross-communicating what they were doing, what was important, what was going on. Um, one of the biggest revelations was that we were constantly pulling new lists out of IMIS and uploading for our newsletter instead of just pulling an IQA. And shout out to Beth when I was like, so how do you do that? And what is it? And tell me how it speaks to each, speaks to it. Cause we were doing it like an archaic way, like a super old way of doing it. And when we finally got our organization backend webmaster ATS to flip that switch, 
it was life-changing for polling lists. And while it took effort across multiple teams, marketing, membership, leadership, it has saved probably a good 10 hours a month of work. So just think about that in your own organization. What are you doing that's taking an absorbent amount of time that could probably done, be done automatically? And, and that was the start of my like, what else can we do automatically that gives us back our time? Um, and that's when I went to a lot of the teams and I said, okay, what emails are you sending? Why are we sending them? Why are they one-off emails? Why aren't they a series of emails? All of this. And, and that's where the cross-team collaboration really came in uh, into play. And I mean, you guys did a great job. I was on calls with a bunch of your team and everybody was really interested in getting it done as, as was ATS. So it was great to see that. And it's one of those things that I love to see people going, wait, this could be more efficient. Um, and that's the whole re point of the whole movers and shakers thing is, you know, what are people doing that other people should be doing to just make things more efficient and why? And what have, been the, what have been the results of it? I do is that we had a question from somebody and I do know that you have this, so I'm gonna ask it to you. Um, the question was, do any of the presenters have company level memberships? And if you guys do too, we'll talk about it in a second, but I, as opposed to individual, I know that you, one of the things I was actually gonna just talk about was that new membership model where you went to more of a school-wide or school, System-wide? So, yeah. So um, in April of 2020, we launched a new membership model called school uh, district membership, which we have since positioned as our almost one and only membership. Because what the membership does is it provides a membership to the entire district staff, regardless of size. So if you're in a big metropolitan area, let's just take where I'm, I'm at, Fairfax County um, in Virginia, the district office there has 80 people in the district office. And all those people support the ultimate mission that we as ASBO International support. So they should be members. But should they all be individual members? No, they don't all need to be individual members. So there's the district membership model. So now we've got Instead of one person from the district, now we have 80. And it's it's really a great way to help and support additional people that are looking to serve our K through 12 students. And, and, and that's been uh, the greatest development. And since then, which is I mean so incredibly uh, rewarding, is that the membership team who really propelled this forward, the marketing team who supported them in this. Uh, we have since 47% increase in membership. So we were we were at about a 38 or 30 38,000 or 3,800 rather up now to just under 6,000 in about two years. Uh, and we're working very diligently still. Uh, we we don't completely you rely on uh, email automation but we also put the uh, human aspect behind it as well so when we might are unable to reach a member we'll do a personal outreach we've got a, a member engagement manager who is just brilliant at connecting with our members and she'll just easily say hey did you know that uh you know your membership it's up for renewal in the next 90 days but we've got this great new district membership model you can sign on everybody for one time this cost and boom it's done 
So um, from a logistics standpoint, was there any challenge in integrate? Because I know we had both corporate and individual memberships at AAA and that, you know, it can occasionally be a little challenge. So then that segues into um, kind of exactly what Andrea was speaking towards segmentation. Uh, now we have this multitude of diverse uh, members with several different titles that don't all do the same thing so all the same information doesn't apply to them so we're currently in the process of going through that segmenting out by titles you know down from a payroll manager to an assistant uh, superintendent they're gonna want different information and so instead of emailing everybody and throwing spaghetti at the wall seeing what stinks, which is definitely a term we use in our association to Andrea. <laughs> I don't know any association that doesn't use that term. <laughs> you know, moving towards that segmentation so that our members are getting the information that is truly interested to them and not something like they're they're not going to be a payroll manager is not going to be interested in school nutrition like our nutrition managers are going to be and we actually just had a webinar today with um our sister organizations in the school nutrition field and we sent out an email to our titles that had nutrition in the title um instead of sending it to everybody in you know in the world of our association to get a better return on that you talking about working with your sister organization this isn't in the chat the thing but one of the notes but one of the things that i do know is that you work a lot with a lot of different organizations to help get content and repurpose content which i think is something yeah. a lot of organizations should do yeah so we do we um what's really nice about the education universe is that there are a lot of associations out there that support education on several different levels and so we've worked with our sister organization cosin who uh they're technology based for the um chief technology officer in school districts uh, to make a technology toolkit or we work with AASA, the Superintendents Association, when collaborating, especially on legislative work, when we do any type of how-to guide when it comes to implementing decision-making processes, like for our ROI toolkit, when it comes time for budgeting. And we have found that because we're a small staff as well. I mean, we're about 20, 21 people but we can't do it all we can't write it all as much as we like to think that we're all experts we need assistance and i've got a great team in multiple departments that can reach out our, to our sister organizations say hey do you have resources can we collaborate on this and within a matter of a month maybe two months we've got a great piece of content that we can send out to our membership and that's that's huge because a lot, a lot of organizations struggle with content so that kind of collaboration is fantastic someone brought up this question and i did want to you sounded like you might actually have a an answer to it how do you get the data for all the staff in the district because it can be hard to get info from someone on staff who didn't sign up for the association on their volition i know a lot of people with organization level membership struggle with that yeah and that's true and we do too so it's not as if like we're immune to it or anything like that. Um, we do struggle because we get it from our main point of contact. We get all of the, the roster list and then we will send them an onboarding message 
letting them know that this person in your organization has signed you up for this membership completely free to you. Here are your resources. And then they get a series of in our automated onboarding campaign over the course of 10 months just to check in with them. Here's this benefit that you have. Here's uh, the resources that are available to you. Uh, you can go on to our online community and select which communities you want to be a part of. Um, bring your questions and your, your discussions to the community to get a national and international viewpoint. And it works. But then there's going to be those folks who just, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need it. And unsubscribe. Okay. No hard feelings over here. One more question. Um, you recently jumped into a new function, right? Yeah. So you're going to be working on corporate marketing. So this is a very exciting time. I'm just, I'm jumping at the bit kind of constantly wishing time would speed up, but also at the same time, slow down. Um, so in 2021, we revamped our entire uh, partnership program. So now we are, uh, we have titled it the Corporate Alliance Partnership Program. We have four different levels. And now we are working towards uh, prospecting. And that's been one something really exciting to kind of see more of a business to business approach as I am learning what what to look for instead of a business to member approach, but keeping membership at the core of my mission when going out to prospects. And that's been really, uh, really exciting to learn and to gather and have aha moments. And, and one of the biggest things is I revamped our website recently for our landing page and added a contact iframe landing page so that when businesses come to our website, they can fill that out, hit that radio button of which level they're interested in, and it automatically notifies me that I have an interested party and I've got tons of drafted messages that I've already drafted that I can just shoot back right to them within at least one business day and get them, hey, let's get on the phone. I can show, share with you everything that ASBO can do and how you're not just a vendor, but you're an actual partner. Um, and that's been really exciting to see come to fruition. On top of that, our team has taken back corporate membership as a whole. So I know earlier, Beth, you mentioned that someone asked about um, having member membership and then corporate membership. So we now have in our department, instead of membership, having corporate membership be CAP team has corporate membership. So now we are giving a ton of love to our corporate membership. And I literally am about to send out an email to our corporate members because our exhibits have opened for our annual conference. Hey, you're a corporate member. You've never exhibited. Did you know you get a discount? Come on board and <laughs> come meet your school, school business officials right where they want to be. I want to so know how that goes. I will. I will. It goes. You have to tell me. You have to let me know how that goes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's an exciting new venture to get into, but the core of it, it what's really helping to drive it is the fact that I have that member focus in mind when I go to market to businesses and approach them. Yep, which is great because if you approach them as partners and members, they respond much better. So thank you. Um, we are going to come back to a couple of panel questions. I think we have time, um, but I do want to switch over to Debbie, who was kind enough to actually join us in the middle of an event. <laughs> so I know you're on site and there may be a little bit of noise in the background when you talk, but we're really glad you could be here. Thank you so much. 
So I do want to talk a little bit about um, what your nomination, what your nominator said, because I loved the nomination that came in for you. It was just fantastic. But one of the things that your nominator talked about was your use of the entire Hierologic Toolbox, any and all channels available, writing everything, all while working on your CAE. So how did you keep up with all of that? So luckily there are 24 hours in a day and I literally would wake up and I would study for an hour before work started and then I would study, I'd do my work and then study one to two hours a day six uh, in the evening, six days a week because I only wanted to take this test once. And I had a really supportive uh, manager that, you know, allowed me the time and um, I did study groups. And so I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I feel like it was like I blinked and all of a sudden I took the test and it was over. And by the way, it should say probably Debbie Seagor CAE because she did achieve it on her first try. Yes. Which is amazing. I think you said at one point you were in like four different working groups just to make sure that you got through it or something like that. I uh, was in four different study groups. Study yes, group. I was going to do everything that I could to basically check all the boxes to know that I studied, I put in the hours, and I could just get it done on the first try. It was really, it was, it was a lot, but I, um, a personal achievement. Um, so, are there some cool projects that came out of that? Out of the CAE? Out of that time for time period? Oh, oh, sorry. Out of the time period when you were working with all those channels, you were just working like crazy and working so fast. I think there were a couple of pro cool projects that came out of so that. Interesting. Yeah, is that I spent five. I'm with the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing, and I spent the first five years of my ASNT life working in our membership department, and then I moved over to our uh, marketing department. So it was really like. Jumping off the deep end, um, I had used the tool that um, that we were previously using to uh, communicate to our members, and it was very clunky. It wasn't very, we weren't able to use a lot of image. We weren't able to do really any major segmentation. And so moving to like real magnet, it has really transformed our, our email and the way that we are able to communicate to our members. And I do have a colleague, um, Pat White, who is in our membership department that is really major into like, she's doing a lot of the, the membership campaigns, but I'm using like Real Magnet in so many different ways. So we've gone from like very text heavy to no automation, automation to what I'm calling like va, 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 boom, right? With our our use of images, our use of links. I'm using dynamic content so that just pieces of our newsletter are going to our members and, and information you know that maybe non-members don't need to get so that it's not a super long email. They're not seeing it. Um, I'm doing A-B testing for our subject lines. And I'm like, I cannot bet on myself because I'm always getting the wrong subject line that I'm thinking this is the most creative subject line there is. And they always choose the little bit less creative subject line. Um, we incorporate a lot of images. We're using links. Uh, we're using a lot of link labels. And we're able to really track all the different clicks throughout our emails. So I'm, I've even started using RSS feeds, which you presented at one of the Hug um, Thursday groups. So I've started experimenting with that. So, yeah, so I'm just trying to use, uh, we've used social even before we move to a different way of using um, social media. So I'm trying to use like every little aspect of, of Real Magnet. 
if you're going to pay for a tool, you should get every single drop out of that tool that you can manage. And so many tools that are out there, not just these, um, I'm as like, just so many tools that are out there. There's so many things that you can do with them that people, I think either they don't know or they see all the possibilities and just get overwhelmed or they don't have the support. And so that's one of the reasons why I love all of your stories is because you have dug in and learned these tools and really turned them to your advantage and pulled stuff out of them. And it's just, it's always fun to see. I, I love that as a marketer, especially as an association person, I absolutely love it. I'm going to talk more about all the awesome things your nominator said about you. They said, and you, you are, and I quote, continuously looking for new ways to increase readership, decrease unsubscribes, and engage with our members, our certificate holders, event attendees, and potential members. How do you go all about, about all of that? Well, I mean, you've got all this free time in your hand now that you're not doing your CAE, right? So... <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's we we have a lot of projects going on. I think what is beneficial to me is that I have a Pat White, you know, a colleague that I can uh, learn from that is sort of our super expert with Real Magnet. Uh, we're really trying to get more into personalization when we speak to our members and really trying to use dynamic content. We're also like beginning to use mute campaigns. So we have a lot of different events going on throughout the year that are very specialized for our members. And not everybody can travel still so they might, you know, we might send them some information about a specific um, event, and then we are going to be using new campaigns so that they can opt out of it about that specific um, event, but maybe they want to get more information about our annual conference or other webinars. So um, we're going to be uh, using that a lot more. So I'm really, there's always something to learn that I don't even know about with Real Magnet. I think mute campaigns, especially right now, are huge because there are so many people that are starting to open up, but there are still so many people who can't travel. So allowing them an out when they're like, yeah, I really like this event. I don't want to unsubscribe. Even I don't even want to unsubscribe from like annual conference notices or this specialized safety and security conference, but I can't go this year. How do I get you to stop it? Sending me emails just about this year. Mute campaign. I make it sound so easy. I mean, once you set up one though, it is pretty easy because you literally just repurpose everything you had. It's so helpful. Someone is asking, did you do the countdown clock in the email? Well, Pat and I worked together, but yeah, it was, it's so funny. You, you see questions coming in to the, the hug group digest mm -hmm. and asking questions. And, and I did incorporate a countdown, the countdown calendar. And it was easy. It was easy to drop into the HTML code. So it's, that's something that I've learned by using real magnet, sometimes going behind the scenes to look at the HTML of, of, email to manipulate it. But I was able to drop in, go out and find this free um, countdown calendar, grab the code and then drop it into our email. And I, I thought it looked great. And it was just something new that we had never used before. Our event, our conference staff was really thrilled that we had that because we had a timeline, a deadline for people to register. And, and so, yeah, it worked great. And I learned it just like in an hour. Huge props to Sarah Savitt, who um, put the, not only linked it, but then was telling people, here's exactly how you do it in forms, because she'd used it in forms, um, which is a little bit harder. Um, I was playing around with it for the AMP newsletter. So, Annie, did, did you say you had used it as well? Uh, I'm going to be using it for the email that I'm sending out to our corporate members who've never exhibited. 
to wow. give them a little push to buy a booth for annual conference. So it'll be that like visual, like you don't have a lot of time left. I love that. Andrea, I think all this came about while you've been on leave. So I don't know if you saw it or have had a chance. Have you used countdown clocks and emails before? Uh, I attempted it one time, but that email ended up not going out. Um, but it's all I want to get back in there and, and test out and play around with. So I'm super excited to use that later this year for sure. Someone did ask, um, a couple people have asked uh, if they have to pay for it. Well, it is a free tool. I kept going, okay, surely there's a, uh, the limit is like, I think it stops working after 100,000 views or something like that. So if you get 100,000 views on your emails, please call me because I would like to know. Um, I would like to know exactly how we'd like to do a case study. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much, it's free. It was really cool. I mean, you can literally just pick and choose what you want it to look like. It was great. Um, we had a question come through earlier that I wanted to try and get back to. Um, and this is for, I mean, if each of you want to give, I know we only have 10 minutes left. Oh my gosh. Um, but if you, you want to just give like a one or two max answer to the minute answer to this, what project management or organization tools do you use for a dashboard summary of marketing campaigns, like your run dates, your channels, like your social graphics, images, videos, results. Do you have a dashboard that gives a quick macro overview that's easy to maintain and update, share? Andrea. I wish. If someone <laughs> has one, let me know. We use Google Spreadsheets like it's a second full-time job. We have spreadsheets <laughs> on spreadsheets for everything. So we were that way with Monday boards. Maintain, but it does it does what it needs to do. We were that way with Monday boards. We had, oh my gosh, we use and we do it here too. Amy. For me now, just being on the side that I'm on, um, I have a little bit more control. And so I get to just create um, my own little world, which is kind of fun too. Um, so I, use, I still use Informs as my dashboard for when I send out emails and I click on that specific email. And then what I do is then I go um, and put it in monday.com for that uh, marketing campaign that I have on my marketing board. And so I then I get to share that with my boss and she sees it, she's like, oh, this was great. I'm like, this is like hitting my own benchmarks that I set for myself and nobody else. <laughs> that is a nice, that is a nice luxury. That is definitely a nice luxury. Yeah. Debbie, what about you? We use Smartsheets and we use that for like, we I have 12 months already planned out of a lot of what our content's going to be month by month. We also use that for our social media calendar. So we can drop in links, we can drop in images so I can plan ahead, make notes to myself. So that's what we're using. Excuse me, I tried playing with that a little bit, but um, I ended up on monday.com, which I really liked. It's kind of easy to use. I like that it gives me reminders because I am a pretty person who I need constant reminders. Quick lightning round. What are the top initiatives you're focusing on in 2022? And I'm going to go backwards alphabetically this time. So Debbie. Uh, a lot of personalization, a lot more segmentation, a lot more A-B testing, and uh, the mute campaigns. Annie? So we are going to be focusing on onboarding messages for corporate members. 
and we are focusing on internal presence to have uh, companies actually seek us out rather than them seeking uh, us seeking them out. So that's staying strong in social media presence, letting them know how our sponsors are partners and more than vendors. Uh, personalization is a big one, Debbie. We also focus on personalization as well, and that's going to be a, a heavy hitter for our corporate members um, as, as well. And then Andrea. Yeah, so we're definitely, um, like Annie, going to be focused on social media marketing, ramping that up. Um, we're also focused on our online community and increasing engagement um, through that platform, having a successful third virtual conference, a website redesign. There's a whole host of stuff happening as soon yeah. as I get back. So I'm super excited for that. Awesome. Anytime somebody mentions website redesign in, in it, with all the other stuff, I'm like, oh, hey, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been through a few of those. They're they're fun. They're, they're they are fun. It, it is a lot of fun. It's kind of like designing a new house, um, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. But boy, like designing a new house, building a new house, it, it could be painful. Next lightning round question: Do you? And I'll go alphabetically this time. Do you have a favorite community influencer or somebody like that that you would share um, with? other association marketing professionals, someone that you should be following on social for tips and advice. Who do you follow? So Jeannie Dietrich comes to mind for me. I've been following her for years. She has a wonderful LinkedIn newsletter that she sends out too. So if you follow her through there, you'll get something sent to your email um, every couple of days. It's super informative and has really pushed the boundaries of my own thinking. I also am a member of the Women in Marketing Facebook group. So if you aren't, join. And it's a wonderful host of like just like I think 50,000 different female marketers that exchange ideas, talk through things, share cool stuff they've done. Like someone created a Wordle and I'm like, wait, this is brilliant. You like have a marketing Wordle now. And I'm like, how did you do this? And they were able to see that how they did it. So fun. Yeah. All right. I've got to have to go look. <laughs> um, there's, there's also the women in email one too. There's a women yeah. in email. Yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, Amy? Um, so I follow uh, Chris from Association Marketing Academy. It's he, he, Chris Glode? Yeah, Marketing yeah. Association mm -hmm. guru, started his own Marketing Association Academy. Um, he's been really great to follow and learn from. I just took his free course for the last four weeks, which is really phenomenal um and then i also follow uh, todd unger uh mm -hmm. who is chief marketing officer at the american medical uh, association and uh i mean props to him for using his actor brother in a campaign recently from yellowstone he was like that's brilliant and he said i wrote this script in 10 minutes i'm like and because you're the boss it just went and that was great and um, so um he's been really influential to me to follow and then of course um again marketing women in email i'm a part of that and that's been really helpful um to me just to grow uh personally and professionally and debbie well i also follow chris and then uh the women in email and then i also follow um really good emails so yes. it i get a lot of great ideas that way that's I have that tab open almost all the time. Yeah. I look at it all the time. I always scroll through. I put in like different like search criteria and see all the great uh, designs and inspirations. I am subscribed to Ann Handley's newsletter. She was the creator of content 
content marketing institute no marketing props she has a newsletter that i get and i i always get some really cool stuff from that um and um there's a b2b guy that i like a lot chris walker um he's risbo i think is his company i follow him on linkedin he's always putting out like really good videos and even though he's talking about this is one of the things i love about if you really start thinking about marketing you can definitely apply b2b to b2c to like association nonprofit, for-profit um so he's been saying a lot of really good stuff lately about being so you know customer centric members member centric and stuff it's just really good stuff that is all we have time for today thank you guys so much for um for your time and for sharing everything with us that you do i hope that you guys all found some inspiration from it i know i did but i'm lucky that i get to talk to you guys and work with you guys somewhat regularly and so i get to find inspiration from you all the time so it's nice to get to share a little bit of the world and see what you guys are doing and why you were named movers and shakers because of how you're shaking things up and really moving moving them along in your organization Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the Member Engagement Show through Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe to my newsletter, Association Marketing Pros, or AMP. You can grab the link for that from the episode notes. Have a great week.